0: Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to anfieldindexpro.com And get started today.
0: Hello and welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined as always by Mr. Carl Matchett. How are you, sir?
3: Well, I've woken up after last night's game.
0: (laughs) Did you want to wake up after last night's game is the question.
3: I mean, there, there were times that I didn't want to wake up during last night's game, but unfortunately that had to be done. So afterwards, well, afterwards is our opportunity, isn't it? So here we are. It is indeed our opportunity.
0: Uh, Let me just ask your thoughts on Jurgen Klopp saying that he saw a super attitude last night um, in a game in which Liverpool were comprehensively outplayed and Chelsea missed the only actual chances created in the game.
3: Now, if you go back and listen to his words, he never actually mentions Liverpool, so I suspect he was actually watching Osasuna on a screen on the sideline.
0: Oh, that could be it. That could be it. Maybe he wasn't watching the game. Because if he was, and his view that any of what he saw was good, I do have big concerns. I have concerns over the team selection, uh, in which he dropped Trent, dropped Moe, dropped Gakpo, dropped Robertson, left Harvey Elliott out of the squad entirely. Virgil had the sniffles. And he brought Curtis Jones in from the cold. Barely kicked a ball all season. Uh, And as would be the way with this Liverpool team, Curtis Jones turned in a 6 out of 10 and was Liverpool's best midfielder on the night.
3: Yeah. um, Actually, I think we should talk about Curtis last night before we go into Curtis as part of the whole podcast. Um, Absolutely. I thought Curtis Jones played quite similarly to how I thought Harvey Elliott played the other day, as well as could be expected in that role with the people around him and with the team as it is, in that there was nothing particularly good about it, but there was nothing dismal, dreadful, giving away, uh, lacking run, lacking uh, at least an intent to do whatever there was in the role, but I'm really, really puzzled as to what that role is supposed to be doing surrounded by what it is surrounded by and with what ahead of it is ahead of it there is very very little that someone in that role can do at the moment in this team mm. like it's it's a jones's role last night was a fairly safe one let's say in terms of on the ball and possession in terms of yes. positioning again it was quite you know restrictive it's quite covering based it's quite reactive i think rather than being proactive Um, but there's so much to be reactive about, and there's very little happening ahead of him which he can therefore try and be a bit more... ouch. He can try and therefore be a bit more um, progressive with. There's just nothing going on. No overlapping from Simicas, no real good combination play ahead of him, no opportunity to suddenly make a dart forward into space. We are, like, dreadful. Our build-up is non-existent at this point, and... Jones's role is kind of to be the, let's say if everything was performing as it should be, is kind of the conduit to be giving the ball to those who should make stuff happen. He's very, very early in the build up and then a supporting role, but there's nothing happening ahead of him. So there's nothing that he has to support and there's nothing that he has to build into. And everything is very covering and tracking and making challenges. There are a couple of moments, don't get me wrong, where like the technique was off. He hasn't started since November. He tried yeah. to do a, a little uh, sort of Cruyff turn by the, by the touchline one of the times and lost the ball. Not, not the ideal situation. But again, he hasn't played since November properly. So I don't really get anything in terms of why was Jones in the side. He's dreadful. This is why he hasn't been playing. No, he hasn't been playing because he hasn't been picked. He's been available.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, he's been fit for months and months and months. He just hasn't been picked. He hasn't even been making the matchday squad for a lot of yeah. games. And to then be thrown into that game with two midfielders so badly out of form uh, next to him and have to do a lot of the dog work for them. And we, we saw occasions last night where he was having to track all the way across to the right-hand side of our midfield to put in a tackle. To make a challenge. To press somebody. To do something. To try and win the ball back. You compare the three midfielders last night. Cabinho completed 39 of 45 passes for 87%. The captain completed 43 of 52 for 83%. And Curtis 50 of 54 for 93%. So he had more of the ball than the other two. But as you mentioned... A lot of it was keeping it safe. And that was the role he was directed to play. Which to me continues to be amusing because it's it's not his role. Curtis Jones is an attacking player. He's a a 10 or a left winger. If you're going to play him in one of our three midfield roles. The right hand side role with more attacking freedom. Which Henderson always has. Is the one that suits him. We know he's got a good capacity to press. But we're using him to press in the middle third and in our defensive third. Where he should be pressing in the final third. He's a good passer of the ball. He's a good dribbler. The issue with Curtis, and it's always been the issue with Curtis since he came into the team, is indecisiveness. Not knowing when to release the ball. But again, that comes back to not playing regularly enough. We saw it last season as well, where... He barely played over the back half of the season. He was not in the matchday squad for a number of games. There was no real explanation given for any of that. He just wasn't there. Off the ball last night, Curtis attempted 10 ground duels and 2 tackles. Now, he was only successful in 3 of his ground duels, but he did did attempt 10. Fabinho attempted 8, only successful in 2. Also made two tackles. And the captain. Well he attempted two ground duels. In the entire 95 minutes. He attempted two ground duels. Won one of them. He was the ball carrier going into that ground duel. He made zero tackles in the entire game. Like Curtis. Is being asked to carry senior players. Last night. That's what happened. And he's the one getting criticised. When he's not kicked the ball. Very much over the last. Five, six months. What do you say? The last start he had was November. There's been a lot of football played since then. So I'm not having any criticism towards Curtis last night. I think Jürgen has done a horrible job with Curtis. In terms of his development. And in terms of using him as part of the squad. And I said it in the summer. And I'm going to double down again. Curtis Jones needs to go and play. He needs to go on loan. I don't care where it's to. I don't care if it's in the Premier League team. A Bundesliga team. I don't care if he goes to Portugal. I don't care if he goes to the Championship. He needs to go somewhere and play. And actually the Championship might be the move. Because if he's not going to be part of the long-term plan, and we'll talk about that in a a few minutes, then going to the Championship and standing out, which I think he would, I think he would immediately be one of the better players in the Championship, could lead to us getting a significant fee for him. You look at what happened with Morgan Gibbs-White. He went on loan to Sheffield United. He had an excellent season.
2: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch? to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
0: And Sheffield United got £25 million, rising to £40 million this past summer for Forrest, from Forrest. Now, I think Gibbs White is a more talented player than Curtis, and he's more dynamic. But I think Curtis is 90% of what Gibbs White can be. So if we could get 20 million rising to 30 off the back of a strong championship season, I think that would benefit everybody. The, the preference would be he plays a lot for us, that he goes on loan, comes back rejuvenated, confident, and you know makes a spot in the squad his own. Maybe he ends up being the backup right-sided midfielder. It's Jude and then it's him for the long haul. And everybody's happy. Play 65 games or 60-odd games a season. Jude gets 40 starts. Curtis gets 20 starts. And 15 to 20 good sub-appearances. You know, 15 to 25 minutes. And that would be the best use of him. But if that's not going to happen, then loaning him to build his value and sell him, that's got to be the play for me. Last night he was thrown in at the deep end and if we look at their three midfielders versus our three midfielders Pante had the time of his life just running past Fabinho and Henderson like they weren't even there. At one point he ran past Fab and was five yards clear of him before Fab managed to turn around. Kovacic had the freedom of the park down the left because Henderson didn't track him once. But Enzo had a quiet game Because Curtis pressed him, pressured him, harried him, didn't let him have time to settle on the ball, and didn't let him look up and get expansive with his passing. Enzo had to keep things short and simple because he didn't have the time on the ball that he normally likes, and that was because Curtis was doing his job. So I'm not having any criticism of Curtis Jones from last night.
3: Curtis played 79 minutes last night, the last time he played that much in one single game was when we lost to Nottingham Forest in October.
0: You know, like, how is that How is that good management? This lad has been fit for months. He's capable. And he hasn't gotten a look in. And Harvey Elliott, God bless him, he gives everything. He's two years younger. I don't think he's as good as Curtis. He might be more talented, but I don't think he's as good, and he's certainly not as good as a midfielder. And yet, Harvey's played forty odd times this season. Last night was the first time he didn't play in any game all season. And Curtis is getting seven minutes here, five minutes there, you know three minutes there.
3: Though. He's not even though because since that since that match against um, Forrest in October, he played half an hour in the next game, and then since then. He played more than double the minutes last night that he has done in the league since those two games. Yeah, Uh, it's he's not even getting the five minutes here or there. He's made three sub appearances in the league since October. Seven, eight, and five minutes—that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's months and months. He's played four hundred minutes of football this season for the first team.
0: Seven minutes, not in the squad. Seven minutes on the bench. Eight minutes on the bench. Not in the squad. Not in the squad. On the bench. Not in the squad. Five minutes, not in the squad, not in the squad, not in the squad. Seventy-nine minutes. That's been Curtis's run since the sixteen minutes he was given against Spurs, following the thirty against Leeds and the ninety against Forest. Before that ninety against Forest, he played fourteen minutes. Sorry, thirty-three minutes against West Ham. He played a minute in the Community Shield. That seems to be where he aggravated the injury. He got. Two sub-appearances in the FA Cup. 24 minutes against Wolves. 11 minutes against Brighton. Uh, I don't... Oh, he did. He played... He played 27 minutes against Ajax. And 73 minutes against Napoli. That was his last in... start. That was his last start. So he has played... He has made... Is that three? Three starts this season. Napoli. Forest. And last night. Three starts. Were. Ten games from the end of the season. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear. About injuries. When you've got. A midfielder there. Who you could use. Who couldn't possibly be any worse. Than the fella who's been starting. Week upon week upon week. Two lads who've been starting. Week upon week upon week. Couldn't be worse. Not, not actually possible. Because they are the bottom of the barrel.
3: No, I, I, I think Jones has been wildly misused um, this season, possibly beforehand as well. You can make an argument, but definitely this season. It just There's no excuse for have kept on playing the same individuals over and over this season when it's been so, so, so poor.
0: So we wanted to talk today about the midfield, and what needs to be done now? <laughs> truth for this, you'd probably just get rid of all of them bar, the and Harvey, and just push Harvey back into the forward line. But well, that's obviously not a realistic thing to do. Um, we know that Naby is leaving, we know that Oxley Chamberlain is leaving, so that creates two holes in midfield. Not that they get played a whole lot anyway. So today we're going to discuss Fabinho, Thiago, Milner, Henderson, Harvey, Arthur, Vesetic and Curtis. Let's just start with Arthur. We're not keeping him. Is that fair to say?
3: Agreed. Done.
0: Right. So that's him gone as well. Good waste of money. Yeah, that was, that was three million quid well spent. Um, again, he couldn't have come on last night. Couldn't have given him... The, 11 or 12 minutes off the bench. James Milner was going to do more, was he?
3: him instead of Henderson?
0: Do you know what I mean? Like, here's the thing, Carol. People keep saying, oh, he's not very good. Right. In all likelihood, the probability is Arthur is not good enough to play for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. That's the probability. But there's like a microscopic chance that he is. There's a tiny. Fraction of a chance that he could come into the team and be good for us across the rest of the season. James Milner and Jordan Henderson definitely aren't the answer. Definitely won't be good for us across the end of the season. Because they haven't been good in years. So why are you continuing to play these two? Like has he made some weird agreement with Milner that he's going to get him to the all-time Premier League appearance record? Because let me just say now, that record will come with a big asterisk next to it if he takes it. Because all the lads that are on the top of that list now, they were all regular starters right up until their final days in the league. He's been a squad player for 11 years, bar two seasons, the first two he joined us. Other than that, he's been a squad player. And most of his appearances over the last four years and when he was at City for the last two years there, were as a sub. So big old asterisks next to that if he passes the likes of Gareth Barry and Gary Speed or Ryan Giggs or whoever's up there. Um, I, I just don't understand why he's bringing on Milner. When you could bring on Arthur, you could bring on Fabio Carvalho. Jürgen is the one that told us Fabio Carvalho was a midfielder. He said that, not us. He could have played him as a, as an 8. He could have gone 4-2-3-1 and put him in attack. could have tried to win the game. But no. Brought on James Miller to run around and do absolutely nothing for however long he was on the pitch. Anyway. Arthur, th- thanks for your service. We'll see you in a legends game in 10 years. You're no less qualified than Bjorn Torr Kvarmé to be a legend for Liverpool. Let's start with Fabinho, Carl. Let's start with the number six. He has been undeniably a massive contributor to what we've achieved over the last four years, five years. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. He was brought from Monaco immediately. We knew we had something here. It took him a bit of time to get his place in the team because they were trying to convert him from playing in a two to a three, and it just all seemed like they took far too long. But once he got into the team, results improved, performances improved. It was clear, he was a huge difference maker for us. He was excellent the first year, the second year. He moved to centre-back in the third year. And was the best centre-back in the league for half the season. Kept us top of the league. Got injured. Came back. Playing as a six was excellent again. Last season he was largely excellent. Up until. I would say March. And then his legs went. And they didn't just start to go. They just disappeared on him. And he was struggling to the end of the season. This season. His legs have not come back. He's had a handful of very good performances. He's had a number of mixed performances, but he's had a lot of really poor performances. He looks slow. He looks lethargic. He doesn't have the same snap and tackles as he used to. Do you give him the benefit of the doubt? and run it back for a year, bring in another six and rotate and have Fabinho play less, carry less of a defensive load? Or do you think this is the time to cash in and move him on?
3: Move on. Absolutely got to be the time. <clears throat> if there's a buyer out there, we'll mm. have like to take it. Um, to be perfectly honest, the, the, the handful of games that you mentioned where he has been really good, have all had a very, very familiar look about them and that's when Liverpool have been defending very very deep yeah that's when when he's now able to excel when he doesn't have the big space in behind him where he has to turn and people have just run past him where he hasn't got to play catch-up where he hasn't got to be you know 30 yards trying to get back and make a last challenge it's when he's protecting the defense when he's sat in front of them when the team is deep and compact and able to stay relatively closing out spaces there he excels absolutely big in the air still can still make blocks, makes a few tackles when he's not got to do the, the, the big stretching from behind sort of thing, does a few fouls when he needs to, does a few fouls when he doesn't need to. Those things are absolutely fine. And if Liverpool decide that they now need to be a counter-attack inside from 50, 60 yards out, well, fine, you got Fabinho already then. Mm. I assume that's not the plan. I yeah, I assume so. have. We cannot even begin to fathom being that, let alone the fact that we're not good enough defensively to do that, not on a consistent basis, let alone the fact that it removes half of the point of having Allison there, let alone anything else at all that you want to talk about, like the addition of Gakpo is not really as a counter-attacking player. The addition of... Well, whoever else, it doesn't matter. Fabinho is that player, not for one now, who's going to be defending 60 yards upfield and 30 yards inside the opposition half. So... Still got quite a lot of time left on his contract. Three more years come this summer. But yes, it has to be this summer he's replaced, sold, allowed to depart. He has been. Yeah, I mean,
0: there was a case to sell him last summer, I think. Because yes, the signs were there that, that, that he was starting to go a little bit. Um,
3: See, I, right, I, I, mean- I don't think I would have sold him last summer. But that would still be contingent on bringing in somebody else anyway. So that he would therefore <laughs> not have to play... Every single game. Now he has to play every single game. And isn't doing it very well. But still isn't the worst one that we've got. It's not far, a far from it. We haven't added enough along the way.
0: Um, he, he, is, he is the biggest. He's the one that suffered the most. From Ginny leaving. Because. Tiago. Is willing to do the defensive work. He doesn't have. The same ability to cover ground. That Ginny had. He doesn't have that athleticism. Ginny was the safety blanket for our team. He would sit in next to Fab. He would limit the running Fab had to do. And with Thiago there, that increases the running Fab has to do. And The bigger factor then is what's happening on the other side. There's absolutely no defensive work being done on the other side of the midfield. Henderson won't do it. Elliot doesn't know how to do it. So Fabinho is having to do far too much to cover for far too many people. And that's what caused him to break down last season. Because this is not a this-season issue. Last season, there was no defensive work being done then that right side either. And Fabinho was the one that paid the price. It's notable that all of his best games this season have come when Jordan Henderson hasn't been in the team. And all of our best defensive performances this season have come when Jordan Henderson is not in the team. Because we can be more compact and more disciplined and we don't have idiots pressing the opposition goalkeeper with three minutes left in the game, leaving big spaces in behind for others to try and cover. I would agree with you. I would sell them. Given the option, I would sell them. I think there will be buyers. I think there's definitely going to be clubs in Spain, in Italy. That would have a strong interest in them. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a couple of offers from France. The question will be, what will those offers be? And at what point is it not worth selling him? So if we got 25 million, I think we both jump at it. Yeah, definitely. Would you take 15?
3: If it was 15... You have would... to be
0: able to replace him, remember. Yeah. That's that's the thing. The money you get has to buy his replacement or, or most of the way there.
3: I, I would consider a 15-ish sort of range if it came with other benefits for us. Like if there's you know a team who is going to buy him. We've got a young player we're quite interested in. Maybe we get a deal done with that included. Maybe we get, I don't know, an option on him. Maybe maybe we get sell-on fees there. He's not really going to generate any money afterwards, though, is the problem there. So I think if it's as low as 15, you need to get some sort of additional value from it. But I don't honestly know which teams are going to have 15-plus to sign him.
0: Yeah, I think that's very fair. Is there is there an argument? I'm just throwing this out there, and I think the answer is no, because of the lack of mobility and the, the turning circle of a Sherman tank. Is there an argument to make him the fourth centre-back for next season? To just move him back into the defensive line and play him with one of Virgil or Ebu all the time, or whoever else comes in, someone with pace, and... We've seen that he can play really, really well at centre back. Like, he was legitimately outstanding there was. in 2021.
3: He was. But again, a lot of that came when, you know, we had no midfield because we'd moved him back. We were defending deeper because we had no defence. He was excellent, but it was a deep line. It was lots of recovery and clearing and heading and clear and all those sorts of things. It's all when it's deeper. I don't want Fabinho at centre back, especially fourth choice centre back on the salary that he'll be on for the next three years yeah. and so on. We have to be smarter about this.
0: Agreed, agreed. Right, so he's moving on. We'll just go by squad number and we'll just go down, so three through, through to 43. Next up then is Thiago Alcantara. He's had two seasons at the club. He Sorry, three. this is his third season at the club. He came in in 2021, struggled initially because everybody got injured and he was forced to play as a number six with no help from the right-sided midfielder. Uh, He suffered the bad injury when Richarlison kicked him up in the air. Uh, But at the end of the season, he really found his groove in a midfield three with Fabinho and Ginny Wijnaldum. And the three of them together were excellent. Then last season, he he was fantastic. And if he had played a little bit more, we likely would have won the league. If he'd been fit for the Champions League final, I know he played, but he clearly wasn't fit. I think we win that game. This season he started off in good shape in terms of his his fitness and his durability. However, because of Fabinho's decline and because Henderson and Elliott between them couldn't tackle a well-cooked meal, we basically turned the best controlling midfielder, the most technically gifted player, not only at our club but arguably in the Premier League, into David Batty. He eventually broke down and got injured. Now, he's been out since February. The hope is that he's going to be back for Arsenal. He's got one year left on his deal. My preference would be to extend his contract, but manage him really carefully, where he starts every second game, never plays three in a week.
1: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) Huh. mag boxes and games consoles visit libertyShield.com today and use coupon code aivpn25 to get 25 percent off at checkout
0: you just you pick him in the big games you rest him against the dross and you make allowances for the fact that he does have injuries but i i would want to keep him because i just think he's such a special player and i think he does make us an awful lot better when he's on the pitch. I would want to keep him, but what would you do?
3: For me, this depends on how we are going to rebuild our midfield and what shape we're going to be doing it and you know what the overall structure of the midfield is. I don't think there's... Thiago's so good that he can play in whatever role, but I think if you've got a player like that, you've got to make the most of him, especially if you've only got him for another year or... You know, even if he extends his contract, maybe only a couple of years at the best level he can give you still. Um, so if, let's say, we're, we're planning to stick more or less to this on-the-ball kind of a two, left side tucks in, right side is a bit more offensive-minded, that kind of mix of what we've seen this season, then yes, I would keep him, and you play him as that uh, left-sided one and you know, try and get the most out of him that you basically can, but you have to have a really, really dynamic, ball-winning, holding midfielder as the Fabinho, the new Fabinho. You have to. There's no point in having Thiago being the one who has to carry that weight of responsibility if the other person is you know, a little bit lacking in, in agility or athleticism or anything like that. I, I just think it would be a waste. I genuinely think it would be worse for Liverpool as a team trying to get Fabinho, uh, Thiago to do those two jobs at once probably not doing either of them to the best of his ability in the end, and then you're still imbalanced everywhere else anyway. So if that was going to be the case, then I would sell him, just because we're not getting the best out of him, so what's the point? You might as well invest someone who's going to be that runner, uh, the old ginny sort of style of ball winner, going to be a little bit quiet in terms of productivity and all the rest of it, but tactically, Liverpool have such a massive problem in midfield, that's the most important thing to fix, rather than an individual player being very good in it, I think. So, if we go to a double pivot more fixedly, more regularly, keep him again. You still need that other one beside him. If we want to go back to the older type of 4-3-3 where it's protective runners and all the rest of it, then I don't see the the need. I don't see that we get anything worthwhile out of it.
0: No, if we're going to do that, there's no need. If we're going to do that, you're right. There's no need to keep him. But, what I would say is that the... Ideal is somewhere in between. Like, let's say, for example, we could land dude Aicedo and a six. I think Thiago can play left side and right side. He's shown he can. He can play the right sided role. He was brilliant there at the end of that 2021 that's season. We know he can play role. the left sided role. Yeah, that's the thing. You play him in that more attacking role. Maybe he gets maybe in a sixty game season he gets fifteen or sixteen starts on the right, fifteen or sixteen starts on the left. Maybe he's number eight, where he's not a starter, but he's playing the big games. Also use the six of field big again in the double pivot, you can use him if you want to go to a flat At four in the field, you can use him in a dime in the box. I would never ever let go of a player that talented, knowing that if, if we put the white piece around him, he can still be like, think of how you know he used in his later years he wasn't in every starter we needed a control game he was the one that came we needed someone with experience in the bigger games he was the one that came I would be looking to transition the argument to that type of Paul Souls role he plays with different combinations. He's never, never ever, ever asked to the primary baller because that's just an authentic use of such a gift. I think, as things stand, you probably need four midfielders anyway, and maybe five if you're selling fab. I don't know that we can move Thiago on and replace him because we're not going to get a big fee from at this point.
3: No. No, I'd be surprised if we got our money back even because it'd just be one year, thirty-one year old, being injured a lot. You Yeah, they really get too much money for it, so It'll
0: be thirty-two in, in a week.
3: Yeah. Oh, so. true. Right,
0: let's move on then. Ames, Jim. Milner. I hope this is a quick one. Extension. You've got to let him go, Carl. Oh, God.
3: Oh, of course he has. There isn't, there isn't anything else to get out of James Milner at this point.
0: There's, there's been nothing to get from him for three years. All he's doing is he's taking up an, a valuable spot in the squad... Valuable wages that could be used for a player that actually contributes, and blocking the path of young players getting games. There is there is no reason, footballing or otherwise, to keep James Milner. It is time that he went to a club more fitting of his standard, likely in the Championship.
3: I mean, I. I up to him what he wants to do obviously I think probably a good time for him to transition into coaching you know he's got a lot of experience he's still got big standing in the game from those outside of Liverpool I I don't understand I don't think that there would be any downside to him doing that so if he goes to a club where he is a player and coach and is mostly looking to transition into coaching if that's what his plan is then I think this is a good summer for him to do it
0: If you were Southampton for example and you go down this summer and you manage to keep most of your outstanding young players, bringing in a Milner to have around the squad in a, in a player-coach role, where he plays a minimal amount, his bigger influence is as a coach, that's the smart move. Now, Southampton might be a little bit too far south for James Milner, who's a proud northern gentleman. But, you know, that type of situation where or even a club that's in the championship and is looking for promotion and wants that little bit of extra nous come in and guide some of the young players. I think that's the move for Milner.
3: Yeah, Seems a perfect.
0: Move. Abby we know is leaving. Abby going. Yeah. Abby going there's no need to talk about it he he is leaving that's the end of that one. Gordon Brian... Captain Hendrick, <laughs> Henderson, <laughs> Jordan Henderson. Um, I'll give me a give me a football reason to keep him.
3: Still in contract. Not
0: a football reason.
3: Nobody wants to buy. A business reason. Nobody wants to buy, and therefore you have to because he's still in contract.
0: That's a football reason.
3: There you go. People would buy Henderson.
0: Just because nobody wants to buy him. But would they... No, that's the thing. They wouldn't pay a lot of money, so you'd have to be paying him to go away. That's what it would come to. You might find a sucker that would give you £10 But at the end of the day, he will be 33 this summer. has a long track record of injury and just hasn't been very good. However, he is still an England international in every squad, so would find a sucker that would take him. The issue is they wouldn't match his wages because we pay him far too much at 200 grand a week. Yeah. He'd be lucky if another club in the league, because the clubs that would be looking at him would be clubs around the bottom of the table. He'd be lucky if anyone gave him 100 grand a week, which means we'd have to make up the difference. Yeah. I'll be honest, Carol. I, I think it has to be done. Yeah, it does. I think he's becoming a toxic toxic influence <laughs> what we saw from him last night was one of the more disgraceful things I've seen from a Liverpool captain I know what people are going to say but he's the captain, it's his right to dig people out no oh no you have to earn that right with your own performances not because you wear a piece of fabric on your arm you cannot be the worst performing player and go around digging out others You just can't. You lose the right to do that. Your own performances are so far below what's acceptable for this club that I don't even know where to start with them. My captains are judged on how they react and how they perform in the face of adversity when things go wrong. Anybody can captain a team and there's world-class players being world class. Every single week. The team is winning. And you're just along for the ride. Anybody can captain that team. But great captains. Your Keens. Your Vieras, Your Sounesses. Your Tony Adams. They were forged. In the face of adversity. When the shit hit the fan. They were first man up. They were the ones. Dragging people. Over the line. He doesn't do that. Doesn't do any of that. When shit gets tough. He shrinks. And we've seen it. Most of his career. He plays well. When the team plays well. And even then. Not always. Last season prime example. Team was good. He was bad. But the team could carry him. Now when the team can't carry him. He's exposed. And he's not stepping up. I would ask anybody. To give me an example. In the last three years. Of a game. Where things were going against us. When the shit had hit the fan. And he was the one. That stepped up. And dragged us over the line. Just one example in three years. Is all I'm asking for. There's no football reason to keep him. The leadership is not there, it hasn't been there, and he is a waste of resources. And it's very clear that there's a lot of players fed up of listening to him. Alisson and Gomez both snapped back at him last night. We've seen Trent do it, we've seen Virgil do it, we've seen Mo do it. These players are not going to put up with an anchor around their fucking waists.
3: I don't don't know about, obviously, the players' reactions towards them and all the rest of it, but what we have seen is an increase in not just the shouting and gesticulating, but somewhat bigger than that. And like you say, people saying something back as well. It was Matip in the first half, it was Matip in the little break that they had in the first half, it was Allison in the second half. Um, I mean everyone has their own opinions on who has played what this season but I think Alisson is beyond reproach for anything that he does even if he has the worst game and lets three goals in between his legs he's beyond reproach for what he's done this season for Liverpool compared to the rest of the squad in my opinion
0: again last Uh, night what he did last night
3: yeah Yeah, last night is another example it would have been well it doesn't matter what it would have been there was
0: a moment in the first half Carl, where Henderson was on the right hand side ball was played to him he didn't get back on side quick enough. He was offside. Didn't get back on side quick enough. He had a tantrum. I don't know if it was Jones or Gomez that played the ball to be the tantrum at one of them. He was offside.
3: Matip. It was the ball from Matip outside. This the isn't
0: left. a new thing either. He has been, he's been blaming other people for his mistakes for years. He has a poor first touch. It's someone else's fault. When he gives the ball away, it's someone else's fault. He doesn't, doesn't accept any responsibility for his own actions.
3: Never well, has, never will. I even have less of an issue with the, the going on at other players or whatever. You know, Different people have different approach. I have less of an issue with that than just the fact that he's constantly poor on the ball, constantly poor off the ball, constantly out of position, constantly makes the same mistakes in terms of letting people go behind him. I mean, the Man City goals were just the biggest joke of that, but it's been that on smaller scales for years with Henderson. That's that's my biggest issue with it, that there's just never any upturn in learning, in growth, in player development, in getting rid of those errors and eradicating the mistakes that cost goals and points. And last night against Chelsea, like 91st minute, I think, there's a pass back from midfield to defence. He sort of follows it a little bit. Then there's a pass from the defender to the goalkeeper, and he sprints to close him down. And Kepa just lofts it over his head, goes to Kovacic in about 30 yards of space, and in injury time, Chelsea are building again with Liverpool having two midfielders. And he jogs, and he jogs about 10 metres and then walks. And he's jogging back. Only about 10 metres, this is what I mean. By the time Kovacic had turned, he was jogging. By the time Kovacic passed it on, he was walking. This is what annoys me more than anything about Henderson. I would
0: just ask people to to go back and watch. Yeah. Go back and watch the goals we conceded last season against Brentford away, Brighton at home, Leicester away, and West Ham away. Go and watch the goals conceded in those games. Particularly the Leicester goal. Particularly that one. Because those are the four results that cost us the league title last season. Go and watch the goals that we conceded in those games against half a team at Leicester. Against West Ham team that were missing a couple of players, against Brentford, against Brighton, go and watch the goals we conceded in those games. This is not a new thing. The ones that the City, I mean the City ones, were particularly special. But the first City goal is one of the biggest problems, and it's something that's affected us for years with him. he doesn't do his job, and Mark De Bruyne. Robertson has to go out and do his job which means Virgil has to do Robertson's job and take up on Mahrez which means Ibu has to do Virgil's job and step into the central channel which means Trent has to do Ibu's job and step into the right side centre back channel the knock-on effect then is that Harvey Elliott needs to do Trent's job at right back but doesn't do it that's where the goal comes from but it all starts with him not doing his job everybody else having to react to that. And then the second goal. I mean. If anyone can explain what he's doing. I'd, I'd love to know. Like, Virgil has a look. Sees Henderson has KDB. Sees KDB run. I assume he thinks. Henderson's running with him. It's okay. <laughs> Looks again and Henderson's standing looking. Virgil has to take off after the player. Who's now got a 15 yard head start basic stuff and he won't do it. And it's not that he can't do it. He won't do it. He's not even trying to do it. He at least made a token gesture. And in the first goal he runs back having not done his job in the first place. Grealish gets the ball. He can see the picture. He can see Alvarez unmarked. He breaks stride and eases off his run before starting again getting back too late. Like It's simple... So it's effort. It's effort is all we're asking for here. He's not doing it. Last night, zero tackles. How are you a Premier League midfielder playing in that game? That game where most of the game was played in the middle of the park. You make zero tackles. He's averaging less than one tackle a game. And that'd be fine if he was offering something going forward but he doesn't. Sorry, it is it is time Carl. Because He's not going to accept a squad role. And he earns too much to be a squad player. He's on 200 grand a week. We can't afford to pay him 10 million a year to be James Milner. He's not good enough to be James Milner. He's not versatile enough. He doesn't have the intelligence to come on and see at a game. You just highlighted. 91st minute. He's pressing their goalkeeper. He's 30 yards from the keeper and sprinting at him. Never going to get near the ball. Keppa isn't even flustered. Keppa, who gets flustered by everything, isn't flustered by Henderson charging at him. It plays out simply, and they're away up the other end. Anybody can give me a real reason to keep him. I'd love to hear it, but there isn't one.
3: I think this is a... It's a fairly cut and dried one. Maybe the most one of the squad to be perfectly honest because he's been such a big presence in the squad for such a long time. It's inevitably from a club perspective a departure which would have to be surrounded by lots of circumstance and pomp and presentations and thanks and all of that kind of stuff because he's a long-serving captain and has lifted trophies and all the rest of it. But from a team perspective, from a rebuild perspective, it, there's not even a question to answer here.
0: Let's move on then. We know Ox is leaving. Yep. The next name on this list then is Curtis Jones. Now, my preference would be to to, to loan him and get him games. But, but, if there was a ruthless rebuild like what we're laying out here and Fabinho goes and Henderson goes, then minutes do open up. And then you have the prospect that if Jude Bellingham arrives... We could have Jude and Curtis as those right-sided options. I think that would be really strong. I think we could look at that position and say, right, that is one area I do not need to worry about. In those two lads, I have youth, energy, great physiques, great potential. I could play both of them in different shapes if need be. They could play together, but... If Jude is getting the majority of starts, Curtis gets, let's say, 15 to 20 starts and a bunch of sub-appearances, I think that's a really strong position for us. But what would you do with him?
3: I'd keep him. Um, I think, like Tiago, he can play both of those sides. You're not going to get the same stuff out of him, but he's capable of doing both of those. Uh, If we do make a big right-sided signing, then yes, give him the opportunity to win a spot. I, I, I know I rate Curtis Jones a bit higher than some people do, and that's fine, but... I see so much in Jones, which is in a team which is built the right way and is playing well and is, is functioning as it should do. A lot. On the ball and off the ball. I see that he could give us a lot. And I don't see that if you want someone to come in and be a squad player, you're still going to have to pay 15-20 million for them if you're not getting on a monoposman. What are they going to give extra that Jones doesn't? I, I just don't agree. So Jones stays for me. But Jones has to play. Not necessarily every week, fine. And we know that
1: do you
0: remember? Sorry, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Do you remember? A, maybe a year or so ago, we talked about him. Maybe transitioning into Bobby's role. You see him for England in the, in the other Twenty One game recently, where he came on as a false nine, scored and made a goal. Like, that type of versatility. We know he can play left wing know he can do a job on either side of the midfield. I think he could excel on the right side with the right players around him. If he can cover four roles for us, I think he becomes fairly invaluable. Like Give him the same minutes he's had this season, plus the Ox minutes, plus a few more. Bobby's leaving, there's more minutes opening up. I do think there can be he can carve out a really good role for himself in this squad.
3: I I just I don't see that there's any reason with the technical ability that he has that Jones can't play fifteen hundred minutes in a season for Liverpool. When you consider Milner is on eleven hundred already, when you consider Cater and Oxlade Chamberlain and Tiago or uh, Tiago, sorry, Arthur, all leaving and combined, they probably have what 900, 1000 minutes. There's a lot of minutes to go around there, a lot, and that's even without considering you know, changing Carvalho being used as more of a forward when he was a midfielder at the start of the season and so on and so forth. There's plenty of game time to go around, and if the rebuild is done properly. Jones is going to have a huge role to play, maybe even more at the start of the season than towards the end of the season if people are being bedded in and grouped in and getting up to speed with how we're supposed to be playing and all the rest of it. I think he's too good to just let go, but he needs to be he given the, system. the opportunity. Yeah, I
0: think we're agreed on that one. Um, Rv Elliott is next. I, I think he's a talented player I think he can definitely play for Liverpool for a long time in a squad role I don't know that he'll ever be good enough to be a starter but that's fine I think his role has to be in the attack I just think in midfield he's physically outmatched if he had great pace it would be one thing but he doesn't if he had more pace, you could look at him and maybe mould him into a Bernardo Silva type of player. But he doesn't. He doesn't have that strength that Bernardo has either. Now, he might get it in three or four years, but we're talking about in the next year, next two years. So for me, I would be transitioning him back into a forward position because I think he's wasted in midfield. He's played a lot this season and he's a liability defensively that's not even a doubt he, he gives us all he runs and he tries he doesn't have he doesn't have the instincts to do it like like i mentioned with that first city goal at the weekend he should be the one and trent sl- slides in to center back harvey has to get back on jack grealish it doesn't it doesn't even register in his mind he needs to do it He's played twenty one hundred and fifty four minutes this season in all competitions, got five goals and two assists. And only one of those goals has come in the Premier League in fifteen hundred minutes. Only two is two assists have been in the Premier League. That's not enough production to warrant a spot in a Premier League midfield. For for the for what you lose defensively by having him there. I think he can be a really good player down the line. But for now, he needs, number one, a step back in terms of his role. He shouldn't be playing as much. And number two, I just don't think he's a midfielder. Not now, and probably not ever.
3: Yeah, again, I think with Elliot, it comes down to the system that you're trying to build and the system you're trying to use. I mean, if Liverpool have the double pivot, narrow four, right side, probably fine for him. You don't need him to have blind and pace out there. You You don't need him to be absolutely defensively on it because there's a a big block beside him. You can have him be that more creative in the 10, sort of finding spaces and all the rest of it. The link play probably get a few more goals from that region as well. But if you are going to go for a 4-3-3 and you want him basically to be somewhere between a, well, the, the classic number eight that we have, he either needs to be far better or the team needs to be far better. And therefore you can accommodate someone who is not quite as exceptional in their role at that point. I would keep him, though, overall. Anyway.
0: Is he good enough to warrant that? No, I would
3: no, definitely at the
0: keep but, him, 100% keep him.
3: Yeah. No, he's not at the minute, but nor a Liverpool. This is my point. If you If you want to be, you know, if you're going oh. for a complete rebuild and think, right, you know what, fine, it's two years before we get back to challenging and you want to see if Elliot can grow at that point, then maybe you do it. But then you're sacrificing two years of Salah being great and Van Dyke maybe being somewhere near his best, and Alisson being one of the best in the world, and blah blah blah. So, I assume that's not the plan. So, not a starter, but yes to keep. Yeah. In games, in midfield, in the forward line, when we change system, he can play left side as well. Just just let him develop a bit more. He's still very young. I don't think there's any need to, to panic over Elliot or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, definitely not. And I do think, like, if we were playing a 4 2 3 1. He him on the right of that would be would be good. Him as a ten could be good. Playing a box midfield, him as that right sided attacking midfielder who drops to the right side of midfield when you drop back into your defensive shape. Again, that's something that can work. It's just that in the four three three he's he is an exceptionally large liability. Especially when we've got the thing is it if we had, let's say we had Jurian Timber at right back, or Gomez was just the right back, and that's who it was, then I think you can accommodate Harvey a bit more. When it's Trent, you need defensive cover in front of him, or you need willingness and ability to get back in cover, which he just doesn't offer. Um, I do, I do, th- unless, look, if someone came in and offered £40 I would take it, but other than that, you you definitely keep him. Um, Arthur, we've 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 already ruled on. Uh, Stefan Basačić, we keep. Now the question I would have for you, Carol, is what role do you see him developing in? Is he a six? Is he an eight? Is he someone that can kind of swing between both roles?
3: eight yeah. is where I've. Like I would look most- at him and
0: say, ideally next season he's the seventh midfielder.
3: I've liked him most as the left-sided eight, where you know he's tucking in and playing the defensive, but with a little bit of you know expansive play in his game, a little bit of ability to break forward because he's young and very energetic and all the rest of it. I'd like him to get most minutes there, but I don't see a problem with him getting some minutes as the six as well. So I, I wouldn't have him as low down as seventh midfield. I would like him to to have the opportunity to be you know a bit more involved than that. But if we say for example, whoever it is who we sign for the right-hand side, you said Jude earlier, so let's just go with that for, for continuity's sake. If it's Jude and Curtis on the right-hand side, Thiago and somebody left and a new six, and then Basitic is able to be the six back up and able to play on the left-hand side as well. I, I would be all right with that.
0: On the left as well. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's fair. The other, the other thing, you know, if if Curtis did go on loan, let's say it was Jude and Thiago as the right-sided options, and a new left-sided option with him as the backup there. That's you know, that's potentially more games for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want him involved in the squad next season. I just don't want us ever in a position where he has to play. No, I want him played, and it makes sense to play him this season there's been games where he's had to play there's been a few of them where he's had quite ropey outings now again not his fault he has been just pushed a little bit too much what I'd have liked to see this season um but there's there's no question you keep him because he's going to be a I think he's going to be an excellent player um other names to consider then Tyler Morton now he's had I would say a mixed season with Blackburn. He started off well. He has lost his way. A lot of the the Blackburn fans think he shouldn't be in the team right now, given his mixed form. I do think there's a player there. I don't know if he's ever going to be good enough to be what we need him to be, though. I wouldn't just give up on him unless we got a good offer. So I would be looking for another championship loan for him if it was me. How old is he now? Tyler Morton is 20. He'll be 21 in October.
3: So one more loan is not the end of the world, but that would have to be a very, very good one. Yeah, no, I
0: agree. I do agree. Um, look, I, like I say, if you get a good offer from him, take it if there's a player in the championship that we had an eye on let's let's say for example we want uh, from Blackburn we want to buy Ashley Phillips, the young centre back there who's 6'4 big, powerful, rangy 17 years of age with a, a lot of hype around him England under 19 international Say we wanted to buy him, I'd be more than happy to allow uh, allow them to have Morton as part of that deal on a permanent, if need be, because I do think Phillips has a much higher upside for us in the long run.
3: Yeah, um, like I say, uh, I think a loan again is is not the the worst thing. I don't think his value is going to be. Particularly high at this point, anyway, so putting him on the sell list is not going to be a, a huge boost to the kitty, anyway, is it?
0: No, no, it's not. Uh, the last two then Jack Byrne, currently on loan at Kidderminster Harriers. I, I don't know that I've ever seen the lad play, other than that EFL Cup game where all the kids played because the senior team had to go to the other side of the world. But the fact that he's 21 and on loan at Kidminister suggests to me he's not ever going to be of the level required to play for Liverpool.
3: And I saw him for the youth team and he's never been at that level.
0: Move him on. And the last one then is Leighton Clarkson currently on loan at Aberdeen. Having good season there, scoring some absolute worldies he was alone at Blackburn last year and he struggled in the championship the Scottish Premiership I Celtic out, it's about League 1 level, and I think that is the right level for him at this point again, he's 21 so for me he's one you're looking to find a club that will give you a million quid for and and just move him on.
3: Yeah, get a sell-on fee So,
0: we are selling Jack Byrne, Peyton Clarkson, uh, loaning Tyler Morton, but open to a sale if there's a decent fee. We are selling Fabinho, keeping Thiago, driving James Miller to his next stop, letting Naby leave, finding a new home for the captain, Letting Ox leave. Keeping Curtis. Keeping Harvey. And keeping Stefan besetic Oh, and letting Artur, um go back to Juventus, of course. Um, so what would you say, before we wrap up, what would you say that leaves us needing? Would you say three midfielders, three. if they're the right three, does yep. the job?
3: Yeah, basically one for each of the three. The right big one, the defensive big one, and then an additional one who can play left and preferably somewhere else as well.
0: I would want four. I would want three starters and one really good backup. Like a young, cheap kind of backup that can be developed... And then you have those four plus Curtis plus Harvey. Plus, sorry, plus Curtis plus Thiago plus Desetic. um Yes, yeah, if, if we can get the right three, I think that's that's fair enough. And if it, obviously, look, the the, the thing is, dude is going to take up a huge chunk of the budget if we land him. Not guaranteed that we do. I worry, Carl, before we finish, my worry is I don't like the idea of Jude and Mount in a, th- in a three. I don't like the idea of using Jude in that left sided role. I think it's a waste of them. Now, in a, in a box midfield, I can see them both working. In a diamond, I can see them both working. But if you switch to those, I, I think we definitely need four. If you play four, two, three, one, then Jude plus a six with Mount as a ten is better but again i still don't think it's the best use of jude for now in 2 years as he develops absolutely mount wouldn't be one of the three i'd look to bring in as much as i like him i think he could be a really good player for us if we're just buying three and we're going to play 433 and jude is coming i wouldn't i wouldn't go for mason mount <laughs>
3: Uh, no, Mount wouldn't be on my list of midfielders anyway. To be honest, um, I I think Mount is a very specific player. If you want to get the best out of him on a consistent basis, we don't play the formation that is best to get that out of him. I don't think the only place I really see him playing is if we do go to a, uh, you know the the four four two. You can use him as a second forward, but we have better forwards. And if Firmino goes and there's no direct replacement, he can play that deeper nine. Which kind of turns into a diamond for us, which we've done plenty of times before. But again, is that the best, best use of him? Are we really going to see him as our centre forwards? I doubt
0: it. Can we buy Cody Gakbo for that role? There you go. Isn't that what we bought Cody Gakbo to do as well? So, yeah. I mean, with a bit of luck, he just signs a new deal at, at Chelsea and, and stays there and, and we go in a different direction. But, uh Yeah. Look, we need a big clear-out midfield this summer. I, I don't think anything we've said will be a surprise to anybody. I don't think we've we've said anything that's a hot take on anything. Other than you know, some people might be surprised with that. We both think Curtis can have a, a good role in the squad next season. But um, it it is going to take big brave decisions from Jurgen, the type that he has shied away from in the past. Um, and it will also take a club willing to take on uh, Jordan Henderson. There will be Premier League clubs that will want him, but they are going to be clubs in the bottom half of the league, your, your Leicester Cities and things like that.
2: West
3: Ham.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just West Ham could be the idea. Now I don't know if he, I don't know if he'd want to go that far south. He's a, he's a very northern man. True. He might not want to go that far south, but it, West Ham would be, especially if Moyes is there. If Moyes is there, he'll be all over that. Um. Yeah, I mean that's that's where we are, right, uh, Carl? You've got to go to work. Have you got anything you want to plug before you go?
3: I had a lovely go at Liverpool's attack. So after the Chelsea game, it's uh, Klopp was talking about. I read that and uh, other things. So yeah, I went in on the um, the other half of the game that we've got to t- sort out.
0: It is a very good piece. You could find that if you search Carl's Twitter. Uh, read his work on The Independent. Every so often he'll throw a piece up on This Is Anfield. And if you're into Formula E, match it is now your man. Uh, that's it for us today. Thanks as always. We'll be back later in the week. Preview Arsenal. Carl, have I hold, told you my hot take about the Arsenal game? Tell me. Going to win. Jota's going to score. Go on. There we go. Rightio, take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.